you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast. This one's for John. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm in a room with just one hero, but it's a good one. It's one of my favorite heroes. Easily <laughs> top three. Yeah, I barely cracked the top three. You know that voice. That's Greg Rosenthal. What's up, fella? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not used to being the only person in here, so I jumped into your introduction before you were even done. No, there are no rules because, and you know I've said this before, I always love when we have a new combination when you've done a show like we've done what 600 700 episodes to have a new uh combo in the studio it's never been the dan and greg show so i don't think so this is a first in the in knowing in the listeners don't know but i know that the loose cannon uh erica tamposi is back behind the glass hey, adds hey. another little flavor to There's, it so this is a new this is a new group it's a bit of an edge to the show and i like it and uh you know, befitting um, the unusual nature of today's program, Greg and I, if you know our show well, if you've seen our video hits or photos on Twitter, we sit on the same side of the table that, that kind of, it's like a boomerang shape. And uh, neither of us wanted to move to the other side. Uh, a little bit of stubbornness or just superstition. I don't and know Posey what it is. set up my headphones over on the other side, so she was thinking right. I would do that. I would be the logical one to move, but I don't, I don't want to move. Well, there's two ways to look at it. Either you should move because this is the host spot. I'm sitting here. Uh, or you were in the studio first, and since you were already sitting on this side, yeah. I should have moved over. Uh, but what it came down to, and I think it's a good maybe measure – or indication of our personalities, neither of us are moving. That was the decision that was made. No, I don't want to feel I, – when I sit over there, I feel strange. Yeah, so we're going to be comfortable. It's a two-man show. Yes, we had a two-man show on Friday, uh, me and Sessler. We did it Mike and the Mad Dog style. 
I was a little surprised that today was a two-man show. I maybe should have known, but I didn't process that Wes was still going to be traveling back from Tybee. Mark, he did it again. Found his way out of the studio during the offseason. He's on vacation, and we hope he's really enjoying it. He's certainly not listening to our show, and I wouldn't expect him to. Um, and so try to find maybe some somebody that want to jump in, but on short notice, couldn't make it happen. So it's you and me, Greg, and I'm excited. I, I'm loving it, and and because of all these cancellations, I've heard there's you know a surprise at the end of the show that Loose Cannon might be a part of. So. Yeah, there's some buzz. How about that, Cannon? How about them apples? I like it. I like the can is still here. Me too. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a whole thing. Uh, and I like uh, that we have a lot to get to on today's show, including some Super Bowl venue pop. Mm. Where's the Super Bowl going to be held? Everybody likes to talk about that. Um, some interesting Richie Incognito news that uh, Greg deserves a little pop himself for predicting accurately before it happened. Uh, Johnny Football update. And then... Uh, we're going to bring it back, a uh, segment from last year. We're going to make some tired storylines disappear, kind of storylines that have been active narrative threads uh, since the Super Bowl heading into the summer months. And uh, Greg and I will trade a couple of uh, storylines. We just like to say, go away, go away. That's it. We don't need it anymore. We're done. How is Tybee, by the way? Tybee's amazing. Yeah? <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, first of all, I, just, I don't know what that's Is this like. what it sounded like? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> somehow that's insulting. Uh, Tybee is a place. Who, you? It, I don't know. It's a, I'm, yes, because I'm part of Tybee now. Okay. Tell us. I mean. Uh, tell us about the. Like, there's a guy. There was a guy we met at the bar one of the nights, Huckapoo's Joel, whose prime job, it seems to be, is he just. He just decides and tells people, you're not, you're not Tybee. Yeah. You're Tybee? You're not Tybee. He decides if that person wow. is Tybee or not. That's kind of his, his phrase. Is, what, basically? But, but my point to what personality you were type? is, is I'm Tybee. He said that you were Tybee. No, he didn't. I tried to flip the <laughs> tables and tell him, tell him that I was Tybee before he even had a chance. It, why do you think he said you weren't Ivy? He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything about oh. that. But uh, he he was a star. I loved it. The time sort of stopped while we were there. Uh, shout out to the Korean brothers who were big stars of the weekend. They made I don't know if you mentioned on Friday's show, but the Fantasyland podcast yes, we about talk Chris about Wesseling's recovery uh, from cancer, which is unbelievably well done. Two of the guys that made it, brothers, were down there for the weekend. They, right. they added a lot to them. Which, by the way, is very Wesseling, too. And we've talked about it before. Totally different than me. Just like Wes going public with his cancer battle and everything makes Wes a lot different than me. But Wes being like, hey, these guys that I talk to a lot for this project, uh, I don't really know them personally, but come on down to my very personal <laughs> sanctuary in Tybee and let's have a weekend together. Yeah. That's very Wes, and uh, it, it makes him that type of They person, added a lot to it. There was one, one of them was named Aver- Average Hair, and the other one was named uh, Fancy Hair or something nice hair. <laughs> At least named by Nick Wesling, who was another star of the weekend. Oh, Nick. Brother, brother He's Chris. a rabble rouser. And it was just like people, you know, we, we spent much of the weekend, and I, I think I mentioned it on Friday, at, at – Rosie and Wayne it was the house we stayed at their their garage bar, which is like the cheers of garage bars. And just basically it felt like the entire island is walking by and stopping by. And I got a I got the spin going and cornhole now as a productive. Oh, good. I don't know how I felt about you guys hanging up on me after we I didn't hang up. You hung up on us. Why would we hang up on you? Mm. 
we asked the question to you, I believe, or Wes, and we got hung up on. If uh, Lindsay was not with us this week, but if she was here, she would tell you that's exactly what transpired. Okay. It, well, it cut out. Um, all right. So it sounds like a successful trip. How was the big fish, Evan Silva? He was great. Yeah. He, he was. He added a lot to to the weekend too. It was fun. I mean, in, in all seriousness, it was one of the most joyous sort of. Just, I felt like I was cheating life to use a Damashek expression that, that we were just getting away there with you go. for three or four days. Well, you can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, let's do some news. And this guy, Jim Glass, is a. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Who is Jim Glass? I don't even know I don't who the hell even that want is. to bring this up. You know. I, I don't even want to dive into this. I'm I mean, gonna, you said it on our I, podcast. Kind of became a bit, but now it's like I've got beef with this Jim Glass guy, <laughs> and I'm a little worried if we go back there for the Super Bowl, you know, what could happen between me and Jim Glass? Like, if we end up going there, whether he's going to be upset. Well, I like this. Jim Glass a listener? He's, he is a listener, and the day after it aired on the podcast, he wasn't there at Huckapoo's the next day, so there well, was some concern. Connect the dots there. All right. Whoa. <laughs> Let's start uh, with... News about the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl in 2023, Greg, which will be what? Super Bowl 54? I don't know. I can't do the math. I think Super Bowl 54 and 55. Anyway, so the Sports Business Journal, uh, Daniel Kaplan reports, NFL plans to award uh, the 2023 Super Bowl to Glendale, Arizona. And you may remember the Arizona site being uh, the home of Super Bowl 49 and the famous uh, Malcolm Butler in- interception. So that was just a few years ago, but they are already in the queue for another uh, big game. And the year after in 2024, finally, at long last, the Super Bowl will make a return to New Orleans. Uh, and it has not been there since Super Bowl 47, which was five years ago now. Ravens, 49ers. Right. This will be 57 and 58. So my take, my that, so that, those are the numbers. Yeah, it sounded low, but I didn't know how low. I yeah, I mean that's too long in between Super Bowls for New Orleans, and you let Arizona pass them. But I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't be upset uh, because the ultimate answer here is that New Orleans is getting another. I think they should have one every three years or so. But this gives me another big goal. When I started at the NFL, my first goal was to make it to that Super Bowl. You know, that was a couple years into right. my. Now my next goal. Make it to 2024. Can we do it? Well, that's uh, something to shoot for. Maybe they ended up because famously the last Super Bowl in New Orleans had the power outage, which was unprecedented. And if you were at the game, as you and I were, uh, it was uh, my father went to his first Super Bowl. He was sitting next to Simone Sessler, Mark's wife. Uh, when the lights went off, I will never forget the fear that there was potentially a terrorist attack. That was scary as hell. I remember. And uh, and a lot of other people felt the same thing. It was not, thankfully. My guess is that maybe a little 10-year penalty. Penalty. And maybe. And Bad job by energy. Energy. That's the that's the power company. Yeah. Their. Bad job. And I was thinking the same thing. Who is the most influential, powerful, well-known owner in the NFL? Maybe outside Robert Kraft. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Uh, they had the Super Bowl in the 2010 season. Did not go well. There were some issues. And now we're going to go on up to what? 15 years at least. I don't know if they're getting back to Dallas. That was a tough They got the draft as maybe like a this is what you get now. But that's to me is really telling that Jarrow World, which was the most celebrated new stadium ever in the NFL, uh, got that game and not a peep about it since. Mm. Uh, One other thought about the Super Bowl. 
we no longer have the bidding process. Remember how fun that would be? The Super Bowl committees. There would always be Super Bowl committees. You would see them at the, when you go to the Super Bowl, it would be for the next year uh, petitioning or um, trying to pump up their city, getting it, and then NFL yeah, coverage yeah. would have the conference room with all the with the whites. The New Orleans people would be there with the red beans and rice out or something like that for the next year. Yeah. Right. Remember the whites? It was a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. Of, of whites crying sometimes uh, of excitement. It was, it was a lot fun. of celebration. Yeah, I, I remember very They got rid of that. They changed the way Minnesota, they that was the one that stuck out to me, was when Minnesota won it in what I thought that at the time it sounded like an upset. It shouldn't have been because I guess every new stadium gets it, but Minnesota winning it over New Orleans and going crazy. Right. And now basically the NFL targets a site city, and then they have to hit, I guess, whatever – um, benchmarks to make it happen, and they go into a negotiation. So anyway, there you go. And um, Nashville, another report expected to land the 2019 draft, which is interesting, Greg, because uh, first of all, that's a home run. Maybe we got to get back to the draft. And number two, they use that uniform, the uniform release, where they, um, you know, show they had a big stage set up in the downtown area waited for the sun to go down to make it as dramatic as possible, and then revealed the new uniforms of the 2018 season. They basically used that as their pitch for the draft because Mm. they got the whole city square filled with thousands of people, and it looked like a total party, and uh, apparently that made a big impression with the NFL. Nashville expected to get the 2019 draft. I mean, Lakeisha, the Paramore, and uh, Chris have been enjoying this offseason. This was – this trip to Tybee was almost kind of the centerpiece of them having fun. But one of their trips was to Nashville. No one's ever been in Nashville and said they had a bad time. That's true. This I've is, never been. Is, I'm looking forward I've to it. I've never been. This is one of those events that they promise you go to, Erica, right? And then yeah. they don't let you at the last minute. Right? No, I actually got to go oh, to no, Dallas. Did go I to did go to Dallas. She did. But Nashville will be sweet if I'm still alive by then. Who knows? She was belly aching about not going to the Super Bowl. Oh, that was it. Right? No, yeah. you went to the Super Bowl. No, I went to the Super Bowl. That's when you guys, it's lost. when we were all going to go to Disney World. I mean, Orlando for Oh, right. Orlando. So yeah. so, yeah, like your first year at the NFL, you got to go to the Super Bowl, practice. the draft, uh, and the combine, but you're just, you know, bitching about the one thing you couldn't go yep. to. Yep. That all checks out. You can. We want you to make it to New Orleans 2024. What are you going to be doing in 2024? She doesn't want to be here. Who knows? Come on. Might not even be alive by then. You're talking to the next Marty Scorsese. She does not want to be here in 2024. Uh, moving on, uh, the NFL uh, will not discipline the Lions or their head coach, Matt Patricia, following that sexual assault accusation in Texas that uh, stemmed from a 1996 case that involved Patricia and a fellow fraternity member. Uh, it resurfaced after, I think, a Detroit News expose, uh, which led to a uncomfortable Matt Patricia press conference and the team publicly standing behind their new head coach. And now the league comes out and announced that the club, quote, engaged in appropriate and thorough hiring practices and that the coach did not mislead the team during the interview process. Brian McCarthy, uh, league spokesman, said in a statement to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. So barring, Greg, any other um, news or any other type of uh, events coming into focus here. It looks like the Lions will move on uh, from this unfortunate uh, situation. They will, and I think it remains to be seen how and if this will come up more. Because, you know, the players haven't you know really met with the media. They're all going to be asked about it, and, and some players have. And a couple of them have had interesting answers. Not 
just open mind, just saying that they're open minded. They're not making any judgments one way or another, which is an, you know, an interesting thing. This is a team meeting their head coach essentially for the first time. And this is something that he had to do is get in front of them really for might've been just about the first time that he had them all as a group and address this. It's a very uncomfortable to put it mildly uh, way to get introduced to the team. But I think your read on it is right that the lions and the NFL are trying to say that's it. And unless something else comes out, I don't know what more they're going to do. In other news, Greg, you had this Richie incognito, uh, I guess a few weeks back um, had tweeted uh, to his, he tweeted to his agency too. That's interesting that he was done and he was firing them. And uh, which led to LaShawn McCoy's Instagram post. And then a bunch of reports that incognito was through as uh, a football player after a pretty successful but controversial career. Uh, Greg, you were never really buying it. And uh, when the Bills announced that they were formally releasing uh, the guard, uh, that led to another kind of like, huh? And then Adam Schefter reported that Incognito told the Bills he wants to unretire per source, which is why Buffalo released him from its reserve retired list. Uh, so two, both sides moving on. And Richie Incognito ho- hopes to play somewhere else this year. And he will, Greg, because everyone needs offensive line help. And even at an advanced age, I think Incognito's 32 or 33 now, the man can ball on the interior line. He, his best years of his career were in Buffalo the last few years. And his whole retirement stuff always sounded strange because it very much had to do with him trying to – negotiate, you know, a raise or or take as little of a pay cut as possible. And that was going back and forth and that didn't work out. But in the end, um, you know, good guys, I guess, you know, good things happen to good guys because he'll probably end up making more money as a free agent. I have a feeling than he even was going to make with the bills. Wait, I don't know. Are you allowed to do this then? I guess Brett Favre did it, but you can just, even if you're under contract with the team, you can just be like, I'm retiring. And then the team has no choice but to, release you and then that ends the contract and he gets to sign somewhere else. I think he did have a that choice. That doesn't seem fair. He did they did have a choice. So what happened and I should get it right if I'm gonna talk about it. He reworked his contract with the Bills, essentially taking a pay cut. And then he seemed to have immediate buyer's remorse about it, fired his agents over Twitter, tried to, like, get back to the negotiation. A man of principle. <laughs> Basically <laughs> was just becoming a pain in the ass and I think he just says he wanted – they just decided he wasn't worth the trouble. They couldn't give him any more money because they had already reworked his contract. It was literally against the rules to do another contract right after you just did it. And, you know, who knows what he's like behind the scenes or what. And they just decided, forget it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get all that. They're also a team that has maybe the worst offensive line in the league now because they've had all these defections and retirements and fake retirements. They certainly could use – a guy like him with uh, Josh Allen, if he ends up playing this year, but he said the stress was killing him, and he was absolutely oh his body. Not what about the body? Changing his mind about retirement. This was only a month ago. What about the his kidneys were shutting down? Like, I, in all seriousness, though, like he floats that out there to justify his retirement, and now he comes out of retirement. Should teams a little buyer beware? This guy literally just told us there's some incident. Body in the is past. I think you could crumbling. have buyer beware about. <laughs> My kidneys might be failing after that weekend in Tyvee. Did you booze a little bit? That was a lot. Did you booze? It's long days. Yeah. Some long days. Good for you. What were you drinking? I saw wine early on, that little Merlot glass. It's a lot of wine, to be honest. Yeah. Because I just felt like that's the way to kind of cruise 
cruise through the day, at least for me. Did you get any peak Wes where, you know, Wes is just like completely out of control at the end of the night? No, no. Wes, Wes was in a great, in a great place. I've never seen, I don't think I've seen Wes laugh and crack. I mean, his friends in Tybee, they're all hilarious. So that's his happy place. It it was my happy place. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I I had an unbelievable time, but yeah, it was his happy place. He was cracking up the whole, we were randomly talking about, um, Adam Sandler's career before the show. And, uh, and, Happy Gilmore Chubbs, his uh, mentor, tells Happy when he's trying to putt to go to his happy place. And then the happy place would have like Gene Simmons, his grandmother, a little person on a tricycle. Uh, Wes's happy place would be all those things, but in the middle of Huckapoos. Right. <laughs> hey, Johnny Manziel. He's actually making a go of this. He's uh, returning to pro football. The former Browns quarterback signed a two-year contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Of the CFL, that's the Canadian Football League. The team announced it, uh, and uh, the Tiger Cats, if you may, re- you may recall, held Manziel's exclusive rights. They were always considered the best option back to football for the for- former first-round pick. Uh, Manziel tweeted, "Made the decision today to sign my contract with the CFL and further my football career after a long break." Very grateful for everyone that's been supporting me along the way. I believe this is the best opportunity for me moving forward, and I'm eager for what the future holds. And I have to say, Greg, my takeaway on this is, first of all, I have a bit of a Sessler we haven't seen in the last of Johnny Manziel in this league. I just have a bit of a Sessler about it. And the only way it was ever going to happen was starting at this point. He was not probably not going to get another job, even though his agent would float uh, combine rumors every March uh, that teams were interested. But now this shows teams that he's interested. He's serious about this. He's going to Canada. And, and it is a popular league up there, but it's not the NFL. It takes him away from friends and family. He says he's cleaned up his life. If he goes up there and balls, well, maybe he makes sense somewhere in the NFL a year from now or two years from now. I would predict against it. I would take the, the field. I, I, don't, I don't expect him to succeed. Like, I don't necessarily. I bet he's going to rip it up. That's my <laughs> I have prediction. no idea. Doug Flutie style. I have no idea, to be clear. But I do know I've seen – Former NFL quarterbacks go up to the CFL and doesn't mean you just are good. It's a different game. Right. It's a very competitive game. There's no – I wouldn't expect him to be the best quarterback on his team. Just based on kind of what we saw at the NFL level, there's a little bit of that uh, D-League uh, that he played in this this offseason. That wasn't too impressive. wasn't coming. Well, what, it was what, ridiculous, what, whatever what, what, what was too, He is making half as much money as old, former Ole Miss quarterback Jeremiah Masoli. He's, so that tells me a lot. I always say look to the money. You is that find- DJ? Is that Move the Sticks' is like, uh, secret identity? He's still yeah, trying to make yeah, a football career go? I don't know about how uh, good Masoli is. Change but the name, he, DJ. He, he, is the, <laughs> he is the incumbent starter. He also re- he received a signing bonus, which was as much as Johnny Manziel's entire salary. Right. And I've watched the CFL before, and I've Humble seen – Humble brag. <laughs> I it's a real it's a real league like it's a real thing that's it's a different sport but it's very competitive and it's very difficult and I guess from what I've seen I kind of figure that the guys who have figured out how to play CFL quarterback are going to be very far ahead of Johnny Manziel and if he wants to stick with it for a while and he like works his way up but like to me he's gonna have to work his way up to being to mattering in the CFL 
And yeah. then you'd have to work up. I get it. Yeah. I get how that's could, all. That's all how I'm guessing. Work. And I'm not insinuating that the CFL is like Pop Warner football <laughs> or anything. I'm sure it's a high level brand of football. Maybe the the closest thing to the NFL that isn't the NFL. Uh, we'll say he's still just 25, hasn't played professional right. football in like three years. I, I guess I was making the point because I think people see that and they're just assuming like, okay, Johnny Manziel's the starter. Johnny Manziel's the most famous player in the league. Like he's the highest paid player in the league or whatever. It's like, no. It's all going to happen. He's going in as the backup. There's been some NFL uh, busts that have gone up there and have not done a lot. Um, Get off his D, bro. Why are you I'm just so saying we didn't see much. That, that D-League <laughs> yeah. game scared me. I get um, – I get it. I get it. Spring League. All right. A terrible, terrible uh, tragedy. Uh, last Friday, a 17-year-old high school student opened fire on his classmates at a Santa Fe uh, – at Santa Fe High School outside Houston, killing 10 people, injuring others, and, um, you know, just the latest insanity involving gun violence and schools in our country. It is a major, major problem, and it's – terrible and it sucks and Houston Texans defensive end JJ Watt who as you may recall uh, raised what tens of millions of dollars or over 10 million dollars I wish I had the exact figure after uh, the hurricane hit the Houston area um, last year and ended up being the NFL man of the year because of it and it was it showed uh, how Watt is a guy that he's more than just a football player and he knows how to use his stature in professional sports for good, and he's doing it again here after this horrible tragedy in Texas. Uh, Watt uh, told the school that he will personally cover the funeral expenses for the victims uh, of the tragedy, and he tweeted about it, um, calling it absolutely horrific, and um, good for J.J. Watt. He's a real dude. $37 million he he raised uh, for people after Hurricane Harvey last fall. Yeah, I wish... I wish he didn't have to be in the news for this. It is great. It is great what he's doing. It's such a depressing story that we're so used to. But it, you're right that it is good to see like athletes and JJ Watt in particular in this case like doing doing some making something good out of right. terrible. And by the way, more deaths and school shootings in our country this year than our armed forces overseas. Just let that sink in a little bit. Uh, In other news, a little bit of a trope alert. It's time to bring back the trope alert. Trope alert. Oh, it's back, right? Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. I always found that voice. Trope alert. It's a little sexy. Yeah, a little little bit alluring. A little bit alluring. What do you think, Erica? It's a nice voice. It goes on for a really long time, so just let me know when you want me to. Oh, yeah, you could pull it. You could pull it. Okay, great, great. Running back Dalvin Cook, who was really shaping up as a uh, a real hit for the Vikings as a rookie last year. He tore his ACL. Vikings coach Mike Zimmer told NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that Cook is making, quote, or is making great progress in his rehab from a torn ACL. Uh, quote, he's done really well. Zimmer said he's ahead of schedule. <laughs> he's ahead of schedule, and we're excited about that. And in other trope alert news. Trope alert. Allen Robinson, alert. according alert. to his... New head coach, Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, uh, said Robinson following his torn ACL he suffered last September, he is, quote, ahead of the game. Greg, at some point in uh, in our uh, timeline of how professional athletes, in particular football players, recover from ACLs, 
If everyone is always ahead of schedule, should we just adjust the schedule so no one's ahead of schedule? Everyone's just on schedule. This, Maybe move up the schedule. This this is kind of becoming your thing lately because you were be. you envisioned an NFL where everyone was eight and eight. Essentially. Oh, that'd be amazing! Ga- great games. You wanted to, yeah. You wanted to adjust sort of the expectations. Maybe, maybe it's not a one-to-one comparison here, but what does ahead of schedule even mean at this point? Right. What does anything mean? I, as a, a subsection of this trope, then, and I could do this almost of stories I want to do away with, but we'll do it. I'll right. do it. I'll do it right a now. Here. Is the story he'll be ready for training camp. So that's a subsection of mm-hmm. of every injury update basically at Roto World is that they're expected for training camp. And one thing I learned doing Roto World is that no one calls out the coaches that actually only about 40% of the people that were expected to be ready for training camp end ready. up being ready. No that's one cares. Fair. It's just you hear expect he'll be ready for training camp all through May, June, July. You get back from your summer break and and they're not ready. But no one really remembers what anyone said a couple of months ago. Because it's just about so there's no alarm bells being signaled right. or, or sent out uh, at this time of year. Nobody wants any alarm bells unless they absolutely have to ring them. Uh, all right. And uh, I was thinking about that. The eight and eight thing that I had. I understand there's a certain level of frustration. The idea that if everyone went eight and eight. What's what matter? Nothing matters again. It's like, all right. What if just a, a minor adjustment, Greg? Every game is a goddamn barn burner. I mean, you, you just wouldn't believe how competitive these football games are. Uh, and uh, but everyone either goes nine and seven or seven and nine. Okay, but you can also guarantee that they're barn burners every time. Yeah. yeah so even the teams that finish seven and nine, their season is hanging in the balance in late December. Maybe a couple of bounces don't go your way. You miss the playoffs. But guess what? Next year, you'll probably or maybe you'll be on the other side of the ledger and you'll be playing playoff flip- there, football for a Super Bowl. There's not much that college football has over the NFL. In my mind, basically nothing. Sorry, college football. Okay. I, know, I know your traditions. Okay, the traditions and the game day experiences, I'll give you I'll give you some love, college football. But the one thing people always say is like, every week matters in the you know, yeah, college Calm down. College football, it's like, you know, you can't – first of all, you can lose early in the season. And the, all those teams end up winning the title at the end anyways. But they're like, every every game matters. Like, every game is like a playoff game because you can't lose more than once. But if you basically know that every team is going to go 9-7 and seven right. or 7-9 and nine, and the end of these games, when we've learned they're all barn burners – now, now every game really matters. I mean, that week one, you know, that could be the that could be the difference. I mean, the margin of error is just so razor thin. Just think about it, world. Uh, finally, in the news, something that uh, popped up last week, uh, but we'll touch on it real quick here. The Carolina Panthers um, will be sold. It appears uh, they've agreed to sell the team. Uh, they, being Jerry Richardson, the team's founding owner, to Mr. David A. Tepper, a billionaire. Hedge fund owner. I don't. I don't know what a hedge fund is. I've heard hedge fund used in describing people for like thirty years, and I still have no idea what it is. But I assume it's lucrative. It's a way for rich people to get richer by investing in things, you know. And essentially, the hedge fund, you know, they. So you're hedging. No, I don't know where the. Like word, when they say hedge your bets. I don't know where the word hedge comes from there, which shows my total ignorance and my totally <laughs> and don't poor even explanation. Us. Don't tweet us because neither of us care. <laughs> anyway, uh, a record-setting amount, at least $2.2 billion. People are listening to this be like, you know, 
Man, they are dumber than I thought. Like, I know they sometimes joke around. Like, I know they asked us not to tweet, but just, like, for their general knowledge, <laughs> it was like, they should know. It was like, you know, so the – to you know, divert a little bit. Yeah. Just for a second. So we had we had the two uh, the two guys who made the podcast who were down for the weekend. The Fantasyland. Yeah. Old uh, Average Hair and uh, – Average Hair. It was Average Hair and Pretty Hair. Right. Um, they have real names, too. And Corain, the Corain yeah. brothers. There you go. My point was like, so they're they're down here. They're these young guys, and I'm thinking like, oh yeah, they're down here on a trip, and yeah, they're staying at someone's house. Like, it's cool that we we allow these young guys who probably don't make any money or whatever, like hang out with cool you know cool guys like. And I asked them, and of course they had like real important jobs and make far more money than either <laughs> one of us did. Like one of them worked for the SEC, and I was like, oh well, like the SEC West. And he's like, no, the Security Exchange Commission. Oh boy, <laughs> so they're doing okay. Disaster. I don't know what my point was. Oh, it's just, you know, we're, we're not smart. Um, anyway, so that $2.2 billion uh, figure uh, report from the New York Times confirmed by two people with knowledge of the deal. Anyway, the only thing left to do is uh, the sale needs to be approved by at least three-quarters of the NFL's owner, and that comes uh, five months after Jerry Richardson uh, said he would sell the team uh, after an investigation was started by the NFL into improper conduct by the owner. So... That's it, Greg. Well, we'll see if 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 him arriving means changes. I think Ron Rivera referred to it at the combine this year that he admitted to there's a little extra to feeling like when you don't have a boss. They didn't know who their boss was going to be. He knows Jerry Richardson very well. That's the man who hired him. That this season, whoever the new boss is going to be, that everyone's going to be feeling a little bit like they're in tryout mode. Right, and I was exactly. I was really interested to hear Ron Rivera say that, who's made the playoffs five years out of six. But it's human nature, and he just said the whole organization is going to be feeling feeling that way. Right, I mean, in our own company, we've had like forty-seven top bosses. <laughs> right, the right time here. So At this point, so I'm there is a bit I'm kind of, of figuring feeling. I have better job security than all the bosses because there's been like <laughs> seven of them. <laughs> but again, the the common thread here: those people also have a lot more money than you. Yeah, you have, so. if you can stay at a certain level below, stay out of the stay out. That's of the, true. There's something to be said about not being wealthy. Uh, That's what's happening in the news. Uh, All right, here we go. It's mid-May. It's almost late May now. We're right on that bubble, Greg. May 21st. Is it late May? Is it early May? Is it mid-May? Who gives it? Who cares? But it's uh, it's a time in the NFL calendar where, uh, like if you go to our NFL.com news stack, which is just the headlines, you're going to have – an offensive lineman uh, draft pick uh, being predicted by his own coach that he could be a pro bowler or Bobby Wagner saying, don't sleep on the Seahawks defense. Not a lot of hard news out there right now. Uh, and a lot of you weren't you weren't fascinated by the Willie Rofe colon. Frank Ragnow is a f- future pro bowler article that was up. <laughs> not hugely, not hugely interested in it. Uh, anyway, so the point is. There's not a lot of news out there right now, so what happens is the same storylines kind of get brought up over and over again. So this is our our opportunity to kind of rebel against those storylines. So let's uh, send some storylines into the cornfields. We'll make them disappear. Last year we did this segment. Connor Orr was sitting in the studio. On the same day, by the way, because I listened to last year's show just because uh, I'm a pro, and it just shows the amount of work I put into this. Um, con- Any comments? Or- I just raised my eyebrows. That's what I normally – usually these guys would have reacted or something. Uh, Connor was sitting in the studio, so did the show with us. He also did an NFL Network hit in which he predicted the Browns would go to the playoffs last year. 
<laughs> um, shout out to Connor. And uh, he predicted last year, or his, the storyline, he wanted to make disappear. Adrian Peterson, oh, he's going to be a star in New Orleans. Nicely done, Connor. Wes uh, wanted to make the Colin Kaepernick is getting is being blackballed narrative disappear, which is still in play. It's One very, year later. It's very much in play. It's being debated in court right now. The old Zeuser um, wanted the storyline that the Bears were telling us that Mike Glennon was still someone they believed in. He wanted that to disappear. I think that was that that turned out to be total BS, of course, as Glennon lasted, I think, three starts in Chicago. And Greg, you wanted to make any contract holdout uh, or extension talks or anything like that. You make them go away, which is yeah, probably one that's going to ever camp. None of it matters till training camp. Yeah. And Mark famously wanted all storylines connected to the NFC to just disappear <laughs> forever. He just was not high on the NFC as a conference and. Sure enough, that conference produced the Super Bowl champion. It's so maybe a little a, egg on Mark's face there. Kind of an ingenious. Yeah, Mark's always looking for you know different ways to get things off his plate. That gets like sixteen teams <laughs> just gone, gone right there. So let's, uh, Greg, let's let's make some storylines disappear. Do you want to start or what? All you right, get things going. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with. I have I have a few, okay. but 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 I'm gonna make one that's like the simplest and the dumbest. I don't want to hear about any more Dak-friendly offense in mm. Dallas. For some reason, every year, certain cities get a storyline or a phrase that just, like, once two local reporters write about it, the other 70, in this case, in Dallas, feel like they have to write about it every day. And every every practice, every conversation, every interview, everything is all about, well, what are they doing to make the, the offense more Dak-friendly? Right, and that's it. Which is the, the insinuation Dak, that the offense was Dak unfriendly. Right, last like year. is it? Aren't, isn't that the? Isn't the coach and Scott Linehan, their offensive coordinator, kind of said as much that he was annoyed with this whole idea? It's like, what do you think we were doing last year? You know, what what were we trying to do? Right. You know, he's a great player. We're gonna try to make them the best, but it's all about. And there's something demeaning about it to Dak, who I who I still have a lot of faith in. It's like, well, let's engineer some sort of Dak friendly offense. And I can, I can just feel like after the locals are done with hammering this story into the ground right. for the next two months, then the national, national people guys, come so. in. We, you know, then we got you know we're we're on live during training camp. The national guys start doing it in August, so you, you redo it all over. Yeah, and I think it all connects to the underlying uh, factor that Prescott was not very good last year. That's fair. And, he wasn't great. And the I guess you're trying to connect the dots. How could that have happened? And there's a lot of reasons, and a lot of it had to do with Ezekiel Elliott and also Dallas not having that same dominance, especially with time and possession and having everything working in their favor uh, during his rookie year. But he had 13 interceptions. He lost three fumbles. He had 16 turnovers last year. He he missed guys regularly, open receivers. He was not he was not the same guy, and he also, not for nothing, is the reason Dak Press or is the reason Des Bryant's not there anymore is because he had a number one receiver that probably really wasn't a number one receiver anymore. He had Jason Witten. There's a reason Jason Witten's in a broadcast booth now because he wasn't really a number one tight end anymore. So I was a little surprised that the Cowboys are going with the wide receiver, number one wide receiver by committee route this season instead of being right. aggressive. If you really want it to be more friendly, don't have, you know, Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams be your top three receivers. Right. Terrence Williams, who just got arrested, by the way, too. It's just it's just the, the even just the, the, field the phrase. No more Dak friendly. Those two words in a row. It's done. OK, as of now um, I Greg, you know. That I really want the Patriots to crumble from within. 
You know that. Erica, behind the glass, you know that as well. Yeah, all, t- all too well. Um, I, I think, as I p- said last year, Darnold maybe changes the equation, but at, last year you were more into the Patriots than the Jets. <laughs> they they controlled your emotions more. Right. I was I was emotionally, although I was as big a Jets fan as I always am, but I was a little emotionally disconnected from the Jets as being a competitive entity. So I had to turn that passion somewhere, Greg. Anyway, but um, all this drama involving Belichick and, and Malcolm Butler and Brady and Gronk, you know it's been catnip for me. I've really enjoyed it, especially as a sad Jets fan. Um, and I've talked about it a lot since the Super Bowl. Basically, anytime we have a segment, it's probably usually about the Patriots. Yeah, or, or a show. Um, or, gra- if, or if we're just getting lunch at the huddle. <laughs> it's great fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been, what is it, schadenfreude? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude, yeah. Deutschland. Yeah. Uh, but it's time to take the foot off the accelerator for two reasons. Number one, uh, Brady and Gronk, they're going to be on the field in week one. So any of this talk about, oh, is Tom going to be at OTAs? Is he going to be at minicamp? Is Gronk? No, Gronk's going to get some money, and he's going to be fine. So those guys are going to be back. And as long as those guys are back, they are not they are not in real peril. And two, and this is the most important thing to me, there's no reason to help the Patriots build up the narrative, the war cry, mm. uh, that everyone said they were done. And let me make this clear. The Patriots are not done. They're not. They'll probably have like 10 wins by Thanksgiving. I'd be very surprised if they weren't a Final Four team come in January. Oh, no. The Patriots. This is shameless. No, it's not. The Patriots, I'm being completely honest with you, as if someone that's followed the game during the entire Brady run. The Patriots are not done. And why give them motivation? or the source material behind Belichick's next cheesy uh, slogan, you know, no more sleep or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, so let's lose those storylines of the Patriots in trouble because ultimately they're not. And the only thing anno- more annoying than another 14-2 and two season and a Super Bowl appearance is Robert Kraft standing on some riser with Terry Bradshaw sticking a microphone in his face and Kraft being like, well, I guess they said we couldn't do it. But New England, we did. It's like, oh, enough. Just take your 14 and 2 and be happy. What, what do you think about that, Tim Posey? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that, actually. But I'm, I'm, I think you're on the right. I, the I, right, I like what you're saying because yeah, I agree with I, it. I think you're trying to do some sort of mental some voodoo, voodoo gymnastics here. Uh, but I'm not gonna fall for it. Or the, the Patriots, <laughs> Patriots wouldn't fall for it because they're gonna use all these slights. They've got Chris Wesseling on tape saying, "I know." Dynasty's that's what over. I'm saying. I, everyone's, everyone's been shut up. Everyone, Everyone, be quiet. No one's gonna pick them going into the season. And it's funny. I I remember being in this very studio last year, and I always said like the years where everyone agrees the Patriots that's their year. That's almost never the year they actually win it. And that was the, what I was saying last year going into it because last year at this time everyone thought they were just going to kill and they were and they were great it's not like they were yeah, they, got, they were close it went 16 and 3 and almost won the had Super a Bowl. sour ending though yeah. had a sour ending but this time i can smell it some people are going to pick the steelers some will pick the jags you know some will you know sprinkle in some you guys surprises, will pick the chargers and some surprises like and uh i like this all right so no my point is though i'm not no voodoo just there's no don't waste your time because everything's come november It'll be Thanksgiving. They'll be ten and one, and it'll be like, oh, okay. That was that was gonna be one of mine. Get this, get okay. this off-field Patriots stories out of here. Get all right, it. you're up. I'm sick of them. Uh, I just want to kill all organized team activity and mini camp 
evaluations, period. I don't want to hear an opinion on anything that happened on the field for the next month. So that is very specific. We're speaking on May 21st, Monday. For a lo- most teams, a lot of teams, this is the first week. It's called Phase 3 of OTAs where you're on the field and you're actually kind of playing football. I don't want to hear anyone say that he looked good, he's making a move, he looks great. It has so little to do with football. I know people have kind of made this point, but it really is true and people forget it. Like, they're not tackling. They're in shorts. It's just this sort of practice session. I mean, it's it's a learning. It's like going to the classroom. That's how Belichick says. It's all about classroom and teaching and there's such a concentration on this sport year round that people it's going to be there's going to be sleepers and busts and risers and fallers for fantasy based on what happens the next month and none of it matters you got to wait till training camp so you get rid of all your evaluations and I'm watching you <laughs> I like it I'm totally on board with that and uh it did remind me of when the reporter uh asked Jets coach Todd Bowles about Sam Darnold's first ever practice. Right. This is his response. He was great. I want him to play right now. <laughs> that was Bowles' unknown before that moment sense of hu- sense of humor saying like, yeah. everybody, relax. There's nothing to take away at this point. And and whatever you take away, you just you don't know whatever what any of it's gonna mean. The running game and the offensive line, the defensive line, forget it. You know someone's a phony if you if they're given hot takes about those positions, but even even the passers and everything, you don't know who the the same players that sometimes look good in these shorts won't look very good in August. That's oh, it. the players always look good in their shorts, though, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, not all of them. No. Oh, I mean, okay. Anyway, my uh, <laughs> that was weird. Um, I'm just saying, you know, you're you're making it sound like every one of these guys is like. I guess Richie Incognito as an yeah, example. Yeah, I'm pointing. There's a few probably guys. not looking like super hot. It's a few in a pair of shorts. There's a few monsters. It's the regular. It's like the normal population. You're gonna have a few crab apples. Crab apples. <laughs> a lot of nice calves. That's what I'm saying. Um, finally, I would like to. This is a t- This this one really was on my radar last night uh, while I was watching another sport. So, uh, any general story storylines portending the NFL's demise, mm. and. All you media, you media pundits out there, you you all grade the NFL on a on a curve, and it's never one that benefits what's the country's most popular sport. And what would happen if the NFL rolled out blowouts throughout January at the frequency we're seeing uh, in the NBA this month? Just unwatchable uh, games in the NBA playoffs. This NBA that's Greg held as like this modern paragon for what a professional sports league should be in the 21st century. And meanwhile, we're having games in the NBA that are just out of control. This being via the Washington Post over the 15 conference final games played last season and this season in the NBA. Seven were decided by at least 20 points. Five of them were at least 30-point blowouts and two margins of victory. Top 40 points, including that absurd uh, Rockets-Warriors game Uh, On Sunday, only two games were decided by single digits. The average margin of victory in those 15 games has been 20.9 points. And it's like, oh, well, you know, in the conference, respective conferences, sometimes mismatches happen. Well, you go to the NBA Finals, that's been bad, too. Three of the five games between the Warriors and Cavs last year were decided by at least 19 points. Mm. Average margin of victory, 15.2. The ratings are great in the NBA. They were just as good or if not better than ever. Uh, 
and what's helped the NBA is that no one in the media is going nuts every time something critical or negative is happening in that league. Uh, what about the tanking in the NBA? Can you imagine? I know the scam for Sam and all that stuff, like, but that was mostly in jest by everyone because NFL – the way the, these coaches are hardwired is to, to win games. That's why you see teams blow it in week 16 and week 17 every year, and that's why you see starting quarterbacks stay in the lineup and guys play till the end of the year. Typically in the NBA, these rosters, you check out the Knicks roster by the end of the season, unrecognizable, mm. and, and, and they got the ninth pick. The NBA heat. They got the ninth pick, the Knicks, and they tanked for three months. What do you think that says about all the teams that finished behind them? Anyway, my point is, what if that happened in the NFL? There would be – Dan Shaughnessy would jump off the green monster <laughs> if the NFL was having these type of issues. And uh, I just want everybody to calm down. I know the NFL is not a perfect animal. I know there are issues. There are concerns about the health uh, issues with the game. They're, they don't get everything right, not by a long shot. Uh, but everybody should get the similar treatment. If you're going to hold the NFL up to such a strict standard in the media, the other leagues, including the NBA, should get the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me. There was a few years ago when we kept having blowouts in the playoffs and people went nuts in, right. in terms of the NFL. And and people went nuts. And I think with the NBA, obviously, it's it's in a great place and it's just kind of cyclical, you know, in terms of these blowouts. Although it does seem like maybe teams are kind of punching it in a little they bit when they're on in. the road. It's, if it's, they're all, it's always the 28 road. to 7 in the first quarter and it's like, let's live to get back to our home court. But to your point, as great as those ratings are, it's not like they, you know, sniff a regular season Thursday night NFL game, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't know why, why it's become such a focus. People are so obsessed with ratings and, like, what's up and what's down. Hey, newsflash, basketball, football, baseball too, they're all make they're all printing money right now. They're all doing great. Like they they really are. I mean, look at the the Panthers are the what twenty seventh market in the NFL, right. and they just sold for two point two billion dollars. So every one of these owners that own, you know, they know they're holding a ticket for whatever they bought their team. It's doubled in the last five years, practically. I mean, if the Panthers are going for two point four billion and the the Bills were one point six just a couple of years ago, it's like all of these teams and baseball include like even baseball, which gets made fun of in basketball. It's like all of these teams are making money. They're all making deals. Thursday night football sold to Fox for more than the previous Thursday night football. How, I mean, like, how many, I'm not feeling bad for any of them. How many overall think pieces have been wrought, uh, written about Thursday night football, the right. quality of the games right. and all that? Like, I don't know. I'm with you. I like that one. All right. That's it. Um, there you go. Those are some storylines we want to make disappear, but they won't disappear, Greg, and that's the most annoying part. Well, you know who I'm glad is not going to disappear. Our next guest. All right, let's um, welcome them. Are they staying behind the glass, or are they as is, is yeah. one coming in, or no, we're, we're, we're behind the glass oh, kind of that. people. Yeah, you know. How am I only finding out now that we have two operational headsets behind the glass? This is interesting. Anyway, I'll introduce you. So, of course, you already heard her, the loose cannon, Erica Tamposi, and uh, her co-conspirator. She is Emma Sauerin. Um, sour. Not, not quite. What is it? I'm sour sorry. wine. Bad job by me. Sour Just wine. Emma VP. You know. Emma VP, more popularly known as she is the producer of the Dave Damashek football program. But these two women have uh, launched a a popular vlog. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we call it a vlog. I guess you could call it. You could call it a lot, actually. It's called the broadcast. 
right. What is the get a plug in? What's the broadcast? Well, the broadcast is the next big thing, Dan. <laughs> and we'll tell you why. Vlogs are Greg. huge. Well, first of all, we have a bunch of videos. <laughs> this is a bit. Yes. So okay. we, we have a lot of videos <laughs> and we also uh, just like to do stupid stuff and put it on social media. And it gets a lot of hits, which is great. Views. Views, yep. yeah. Hits, little industry likes, lingo. Yep. Retweets. Yep. You Eyeballs. Know. Um, get a lot of, like, dudes saying, you're cute and funny, you know? Right. Which, which is, is which is upsetting. Cool. It's cool, but also, but like. also upsetting. I'll, I'll yeah, take offensive. It. But, yeah. yeah, we'll take it. I would take that. Yeah. We don't get that a lot on our side of right. the glass. Right. It's like, oh. You. I get it. I've been getting it lately. The, the whole cute boy <laughs> thing has been taken off. Yeah. yeah. That's For true. Sure. It's got some heat So on. that's cool. Um, yeah, if me, Emma, and actually our, our friend Colleen have sort of joined together. Mm. For the Tiny forces. Box? The Tiny Box. Well, I, oh. you, you've been doing this broadcast for a long time yes. now. You're going yeah. back deep into the last season. Yes. But Colleen's, you know, now you're considering her part. She's part of the broadcast. She, she's officially. We, Colleen, she aware? Yes. She's a pickup. Yeah, she's very late, aware. Late edition. Yeah. She actually called us probably a few months ago and was like, I want in. You guys are doing great. So we're like, all right. <laughs> it's funny it, because it's kinda, she, it sounds to me more like a network executive was kind of like, we need a little more star power. Can we get, can we get Colleen? I, and then there's a lot of drama behind the scenes between Emma VP and Colleen because it used to kind of be who's the star? Emma VP's, yeah. you know, shining. She's a shining star now. Now Colleen exactly. Gets a lot of you might be onto something. And it's funny, Connie also. A similar route was her path to get onto our podcast. So right. uh, <laughs> huh. maybe she should start something. For I think once. she's uh, she's <laughs> more of a follower. That's for sure. No, she's she's, she's very like, should she's test very the involved. waters first. Like, is that going well? Oh, it is. Now yeah. I'll join. Yeah. No, she's yeah, Colleen was it, like, it, it's a trend. Good morning, football Saturday yeah. edition. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. She's not dumb. Yeah. She's anyway, very smart. Are you setting up a clip? Yeah. Are you someone who enjoys sitting down more than standing up? Is it just easier to simply watch a story than to, say, read one? Fortunately, this episode of the broadcast is brought to you by The Movies, conveniently located in your neighborhood shopping mall. The Movies is the ultimate safe space to embrace your natural desire to do absolutely nothing while also shitting on someone else's hopes and dreams. How many people put how many years of their lives into this project? Who gives a f***? The main character is ugly and annoying. Nothing actually happens, and that ambiguous ending makes you all want to slit your throat. The movies. Indulge your grossest cravings for pure butter, stale licorice, and public restrooms by using the offer code BROAD for 10% off of the www.themovies.com. Experience the thrill of cinematic adventure, expertly mixed with the sound of teenagers attempting to make out and elderly women asking countless ill-timed questions. Again, that's themovies.com slash broad for 10% off your next visit. The Movies. Escape your life for two hours. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, so well, guys, good. just check out the movies. Again, thanks to our sponsors and to all our listeners. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you exist yet because it's the first episode, but... But subscribe. But you will. Go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. You will. And go to the movies. What's hey. the dream? Are you at your peak? Probably. Yeah, come on. Well, like... Yeah. Wow. So it actually... The broadcast is generating clicks, views, good content. A lot, but of, star- a lot of celebrities pop in. Yeah. Celebrities, but it seems like already, it seems like there might be a little bit of heat in terms of the creative forces butting heads a little bit uh, at the direction of the show? Uh, no. 
Not at all. Oh, okay. No, I think we're we're all on the same page. It's it's very mm. dif- different, you know, dynamic. Like Colleen, like we all went out Saturday night. Like Colleen's like the fun married one. Yeah. Like Emma's sort of like you the know keeps us fun, all the not to be fun one. about yeah. to be married one, and I'm the one that everyone has to like rein in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's. I that's, feel like that dynamic comes through on the broadcast. Oh, it does. Yeah. Definitely 100%. does. But yeah, it's officially going to be a podcast, so you guys oh. get the exclusive. So it's not a vlog. <laughs> So, well, we'll know, continue to be a video entity because that's how it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's We're a bit video. of a conglomerate. We'll Very see. Nice. We'll see how that dynamic is going. Six hundred and fifty shows. Exactly. In, right. You know. It's a long road. Right. I mean, look at Damashek. You know uh, better than anyone. MVP. Shaq just cycles through talent around right. him mm-hmm. because, you know, at some point he tires of them or, or they right. tired of Shaq, get yeah. tired of Shaq. And Why do you think Mark uh, got into his contract? 12 weeks of paid vacation just because he can't stand to be around. That makes complete sense. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to think about that going forward. So we wish you the best of luck because you're off to a great start. It's a long road ahead, uh, but we're excited. And how do you get to check out the broadcast? Um, You can go to the broadcast IRL, that's in real life, on Instagram. And we have, you know, like 360 followers, and we haven't really done anything yet, which is pretty cool. And then that's the same Twitter handle as well. All right. Make sure you check that out. And that good uh, cameo there. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, guys. I, have I think that guys. was like Appreciate our first it. plug ever. Just like sort yeah. of someone was coming in and plugging. Except since Tony Romo and direct. Right. We have been trying to quietly recruit MVP for years to be our yeah. producer. Quiet. I don't blame you. It's very quiet. Uh, but it, it <laughs> never it has never worked out. So if this is the closest we can get, we'll take it. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I can go out sick on Wednesday if you need it. <laughs> you can have Emma do yeah. it. Shaq won't allow it. I'll That's be the fun. third man up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it. Good job, ladies. Thank you. Is that okay in the post yeah. me too, ladies? Cute and funny. Yes. <laughs> they are cute and funny, fellas. And also funny. But look out. One of them has a ring. <gasps> Not married yet. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the old boss, the loose cannon, Emma VP behind the glass. We'll be back Wednesday, so check it out. Till then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. 
in the land of saints and sinners from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.